Hello everyone and welcome to episode 2 of Winging It, the F1 podcast. I'm Adam and I'm here with Freddie. You alright guys? And Nigel. Alright guys. So today we're going to be looking ahead largely to the Austrian Grand Prix. Um, we'll be seeing what's going to happen there and looking also at the news that Ferrari are having a bit of a redesign and maybe changing their strategy um, for upgrades in the season and at Austria. We'll also be making predictions for the race and looking at our F1 fantasy teams um, through the season and then we'll keep up with that across the season. We'll be looking at F2 with a bit of a sneak preview of that and we'll also be doing a quiz to round off the session. So we'll start, as I say, with the news that Ferrari have um, put some news out about them redesigning their car. So Nigel, I think, what have you heard about this? Yeah, so essentially they're going to bring a brand new B-spec car to Hungary, which means they'll be compromised because they'll be using the, the car that they used <laughs> in pre-season testing in the first two races in Austria. And it's pretty significant, really, because the, the new calendar, which is still yet to be announced would have favoured Ferrari slightly but if they're having to redesign a car uh, it's it doesn't really look good and of course with these 2020 cars they're going to be the same cars next year because the new regulations were delayed till 2022 so it's kind of forced Ferrari to redesign the car to find a concept which can enable them to challenge Mercedes and Red Bull so, yeah, it's, it's not very good news to start the season. Well, before the season started for Ferrari. And, Freddie, they didn't kind of blow the competition away at testing. Um, so, what does this say about their prospects for Austria and kind of the first quarter of the season? Well, no one's downplayed their chances more than themselves with Ferrari this year. You get the impression everything Mattia Bonotto says is, well, no, we're probably not going to do that well. It's no, we're not going to do well, and that could you think, oh, yeah, that could be. There's a little bit of hope in you that it could be just Ferrari playing with the media saying, yeah, we're not going to do well, and then coming out of the traps very, very, very fast in qualifying. But with this announcement, the fact they're not bringing any upgrades, and Mercedes definitely are, um, then they're really they're falling behind their rivals already, and we haven't had a race yet. I think the question for Ferrari is, will they even fall back into the midfield? Is it going to be that bad for them? Because Racing Point looks good in testing. Renault showed good signs too. McLaren might be up there. So Ferrari could be in big trouble to start the season. Although they did perform pretty well in Austria last year. So it'll be interesting, interesting to see what happens. Well, the long-run pace in testing for Ferrari wasn't bad. They, hmm. they were above and they were above and beyond from the midfield but we don't know the upgrades that have come for Renault or for McLaren who are both probably pretty likely to have done some good developments on their car Racing Point have said there's pretty much one bulk upgrade they can do for their car I think and I don't know whether they'll bring that immediately or not um, I think with Ferrari yeah so like I say their long run pace isn't bad but it's whether they can they can extract the pace in qualifying because you could see feasibly a fast fast lap from a good qualifier like a Norris or an Ocon pipping a Ferrari, I think that wouldn't be a surprise. Well, if it's if um, the pink Mercedes theme is anything to go by, then that bulk upgrade could be Das 
making its appearance on the first mm. weekend of Austria, we shall see. Um, and moving on to the Austrian Grand Prix, um, it's going to be a very interesting one. I think, obviously, last season, Mercedes struggled um, with their engine, keeping their engine cool and, and dropped a lot of power through that. Um, Ferrari, you know, they went well last time, but as we just discussed, they've, you know, they're possibly not coming with the best package to start the season. And Red Bull, who won last time, you know, they they didn't start the season strong last time out. So will you know, where will they be? Um, Freddie, what do you think is going to happen? Who do you think is going to win, first of all, the Austrian Grand Prix? I think the cooling thing is a very good thing to point out. Um, Mercedes have had a lot of issues in the past with cooling, not just for their um, power units, but also for their brakes um, and other parts of the car. They that's, that's their main struggle for Mercedes. But they've been quite bullish in saying they've, they've got on top of their cooling issues. So I think Mercedes are a favourite, definitely. Red Bull have a famously balanced car, and Austria is a track that favours a balanced car, short straights, pretty much every type of corner there. Um, so Red Bull are going to be in the mix. Max Verstappen obviously started on the front row last year and then dropped back to eighth and then still came through to win. So they've got race pace there. The Honda engine didn't seem to have any any issues with the heat that the Mercedes did. Uh, Ferrari have consistently gone well in hot conditions since the turn of around 2017, really, since the new regulations aerodynamically came in. So it could bring Ferrari back into play, despite what we've said earlier. But I think we don't know how hot it's going to be. There has been some rain forecast for the first weekend, definitely. So whether that's going to be in the race or qualifying, who knows? But it's probably going to be a cooler weekend than in previous years. So Based on that, I think we'll get a pretty clear picture and I wouldn't be surprised if it's Merck who are leading the way. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously Hamilton's the driver of his generation and one of the greatest of all time, but he can't make up horsepowers in the car. You know, if the power's not there, it's not there. Nigel, how do you see it playing out? Well, I think it's the most important race weekend of the year really because most teams are bringing upgrades and they have to work because if they don't work they're going to have to take them off the car and it's going to take weeks possibly months to find that speed again so we're going to see a lot of action in the practice sessions with the teams testing out the different concepts and then come qualifying we'll find out who has got the fastest car I think it's going to be Mercedes versus Red Bull hopefully Hamilton versus Verstappen is what everyone wants to see and Verstappen managed to start on the front row I think last year he showed tremendous race pace so for me I'm going to say I think Red Bull can sleep the victory and if something goes wrong with Mercedes then it's going to be an ex- going to be an exciting season really and, not, and the Austria track can bring up a lot of surprises too with just seven proper corners really it's a fast track you can overtake it's undulation and it's a tough track for the drivers and the teams as well we've seen lots of action the final two corners with the curbs uh, causing problems uh, for the teams and the drivers. So I think it's going to be a great weekend. And I think Verstappen, if I had to say who's going to win, I think he, he's the man to beat for me. I think I'd be tempted to agree with that. Without, I mean, after, after practice, we might have a much better idea of um, how the Mercedes are looking. But 
without you know obviously they they've made noises but we've not seen concrete proof that they have solved their cooling issues yet so i think until i've seen that i i'd be tempted to back verstappen as well um you know i think it's very interesting to see the hamilton versus verstappen fight how that plays out because that's not something we've really seen off the top of my head um hungary last year is the one that springs to mind but you know that was on a tight track um obviously mercedes played a blinder in the end but hamilton didn't get past on track so I think that's a really a battle that will be worth keeping an eye on. And, you know, as it plays through the season, if Red Bull can hold a candle, who who do you think would come out in a kind of, you know, consistency-wise and race pace and overtaking between those two? Well, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Hamilton has had so much experience with championship fights. The one difference which might let Verstappen and Red Bull down is that Max hasn't been under the pressure of battling for a championship you know, choosing his fights when he might not be able to win, getting that consistency, not making any mistakes. And I think last year he showed that he is ready to that to finally challenge for the title because he made very few errors last year. Uh, but again, the pressure uh, in, in all sports when you're battling for the top position over a season, it, it can change you really. And the fun fact is. Since 2014, when F1 returned to Austria, the winner of the Austrian Grand Prix has not gone on to win the championship that year. So it might be a bad omen to win this weekend. Yeah, That's well, I was just thinking, in, in terms of, I mean, I've not got the the exact facts, but, you know, the Australian Grand Prix hasn't always thrown up the, um, especially of late, hasn't always thrown up the championship winner. So, you know, I think it could could well be kind of, um, uh, a blessing in disguise maybe to come second but also you know I'm not sure how um, symbolic Austria is as the rest of the season um, I saw Grosjean saying that they won't even after two rounds they won't really have a good indicator of where they are compared to the other teams because it is quite a unique track in terms of the height and the heat and the um, the kind of you know it's a short track with not many corners um, so I do I don't think it's going to show that much or maybe indicate as much as we like um, going forward through the season. But talking of Haas, they'll be hoping to get back into the midfield battle. Um, Freddie, how do you rate their chances this season? Because we didn't talk about them last week, so we've kind of got to make up for that. Haas are a bonkers team, aren't they? They're the anomaly of the 2020 Formula 1 season already. Uh, you've got their 2018, obviously was fantastic. They have fifth in the championship, fighting for fourth legitimately with Renault, which is excellent for them and really, really good for a team so young. Then you look at that, their season last year with a car with such underlying pace that they just couldn't extract any of the performance in the race. It just couldn't heat up its tyres and would just fall back. It would either overheat or cool down too much and just wouldn't, wouldn't work at the optimum temperature. They were fine in qualifying. Um, Kevin Magnussen's fifth place lap around Austria last year was exceptional and obviously there for a reason. But then in the race, they they had one of the absolute dire races of the year and were, I know, I think they were way, way, way down the field at the back and Magnussen ended up like a lap down after 10 laps or something, I think, something like that. And, they're just such a... I don't know where to place them for this year. 
or for <laughs> the season at all. They're they testing, need consistency, don't they? Yeah, they need absolute consistency. Their testing seemed moderate. It seemed like they were just trying to understand the car, not doing any glory runs, not doing any um, high-speed runs at all. They were just going, right, we're going to try and understand exactly how this car works, and then we can build on that, rather than going in saying, wow, we've got raw pace, that's good. How does it happen? Which it seemed to be the mantra for 2019. So I'm really hoping they do well. I think it's brilliant to have a team come in off the bat like they did in 2016 and do well and progress. And it's such a shame that they're struggling. I want them to do well. I think Grosjean and Magnussen are an experienced lineup. They've got good race pace normally. Um, they can be a tad erratic, which is an understatement. Um, but I think we won't know. We don't know anything about them, and we won't know anything about their form for the whole year. I predict. Yeah, up and, and down, they've, crazy. They've, they've they've made some noises about um, you know how um, concrete is their kind of um, commitment to being in F one over the next few years. So, Nigel, how big a season? Is this for them in terms of you know long term future? Yeah, it's a massively important season. If they struggle again like last year, they could find themselves out of the sport possibly after twenty twenty one when the regulations change. Because Gene Haas, uh, he's got a team in NASCAR. He's it's not just a, a F one focused thing for him. So it's a massively important season. I think the the problem Haas have it is like Freddie said, it's the tires. The tyres in F1 seem to be really fickle, in a way. The, the, the operator window for them is incredibly narrow, almost too narrow. It, uh, it's hugely important uh, to find the correct operator window for the Pirelli tyres, and Haas haven't been able to find that, really. They haven't been able to find a sweet spot which makes the car fly around a, fly around the circuit like Magnussen did last year. And then when it comes to the races... They just do not have the pace at all. So if they can get on top of the tyres, that would be great. But if they can't, then there could be trouble uh, on the horizon, perhaps. Yeah, and I think looking ahead to, to the midfield battle, last season, Lando Norris finished sixth. It was quite a good start for the midfield teams. You have Raikkonen and Norris right up in the, um, in the top two or three. Um, after the first corner, but kind of slipped back after that. So we'll see if they can get a repeat of that. Um, but Lando did very well last season. So if you had to um, had to pick a team to be top of the midfield battle, who would you say? I'll put my cards on the table and say McLaren, first of all. Freddie, what about you? I don't know. <sighs> I, I do think... Sorry, Nigel. You have to choose. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's not very good analysis. I uh, don't sit on the fence. I've, I am sitting on the fence. I'm sitting on the fence between Renault and McLaren, not racing point because of what we've said about upgrades in the, already. Mm. Um, I think I think you're right to say McLaren, Adam. I think Norris went brilliantly there last year. I think he beat Gasly, if I remember rightly. I'm not sure, though. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah, and that's... Excellent. So, if and science presumably won't have any engine penalties or whatever he had to do last year, he started from back of the grid and he came in eighth. So, 
I think McLaren, based on historical performance, yeah, McLaren. Although Ocon's chomping at the bit, isn't he? Ocon's going to want to go. I mean, it was a disappointing race last season for Renault. They finished 12th and 13th, and they had the two Alphas ahead of them and Perez in the racing point. Um, Nigel, you've um, pushed Freddie to give his stance, <laughs> so you better have a uh, have great conviction in yours now. What are you going for? I'm going to say Renault. And even though it was their worst race last year, unusually they were very strong in Monza and Montreal, which were two high-speed tracks. So I don't know if Austria last year was just a one-off and hopefully they can uh, do better this year. They're bringing, I think that they are the team that's bringing the most upgrades as well. They've, they seem to have committed to F1 in the long term. They're going to put some money into it and they've got a fantastic driver lineup with... Uh, Ricardo and Ocon. The only the reason I'm not saying McLaren is because there's been a lot going on be, behind the scenes in, in the last few months with loans and having to sell historic cars and things going on with shareholders. I'm not quite sure what's going on right now, but I hope what's going on behind the scenes with McLaren doesn't affect the on-track performance. Yeah, I think that that's a good analysis and it will, you know, it's with with the science and Ricardo factors, how, you know, I think McLaren, I can, you know, still see them completely buying into science and pushing, you know, him to the end of the season in the way that the messages that were coming out as he signed for Ferrari from both sides. But if you contrast that to Renault, you know, that, that was polar opposites in terms of, you know, they're not happy with the way Ricardo's kind of treated them. And, you know, will will they kind of be all in on him to the end of the season? Um, or will they kind of, you know, be looking more towards next season with Ocon? I think that will be very interesting to follow. Um, the final team that we've not touched on over the two episodes yet is Williams. Um, the most intriguing team, maybe. I think that's maybe a bit of a stretch, actually. But they could be, you know, George Russell could be on to score his first point. They could be you know, having the first season that they've improved in a while. So, Nigel, what what do you think the season holds for them? Uh, I think it'll be a better season than last year already in pre-season testing. The lap times were better than the qualified time from the Spanish Grand Prix the previous year, which is just incredible, really. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I think they'll be battling to try and get a few points across for the season, but I think it's going to be another troublesome year for the Williams team and Latifi he'll be under pressure to show that he's capable of being in F1 because a lot of people say he's only there because of because of money etc because he only he didn't even win the Formula 2 championship last year and he, he, he had been in F2 for quite a few years uh, Russell we want to watch out for again can he get can he get the Mercedes seat with potentially in 2021 if isn't it? So I think Williams will just be battling to take any opportunity that comes and try and scrape a few points. But I think they might be at the back. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'm going to echo that. Yeah, I think they'll be the tail end of the pack this year. But it is going to be better than 2019. 2019 was a dog's dinner of a year. It was not good for Williams. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to Latifi's performance, though. 
because even though Nigel says he's been in F2 for a long time, he was a development driver for Force India. He then got involved with Williams, and he he's done his fair sh- he's done his fair share of um, driving of F1 tasters. So it's not like he's an inexperienced rookie. He's not like Albon was last year, where his first before first time getting in the car was testing, and now Albon is obviously in the Red Bull. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but um, Latifi's one we could write off very early on due to the fact that he was in, I think, Formula 2 GP2 for six seasons, which is long. Um, We could write him off quite early for that, but I think give him the benefit of the doubt, see how he goes, but I do think Russell will be the stronger of the two. Um, Yeah, I think it will be. Very interesting to see how they develop. I think I've got a bit more optimism for that. But we'll we'll move on to our predictions. We'll do a quick whip round for our predictions now. So the first one, who's going to do better this weekend in terms of positions and results? Hassel, Williams, Freddie. Williams. Nigel. Pass. Um, That's good. Pole position. Yeah, I quite like that. I, I'll say Williams as well. I, okay. I can't remember if I've said that before. Pole position, I'm going Lewis. You know, I think it'd be a full to bet against him, especially in qualifying. Nice. Friday. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll go Bottas. Oh, you, you stole, mine. <laughs> stole mine. Stole mine. I was going to... I'm going to have to say Verstappen now, just to be different. Man. Okay. Well, if, if it is Bottas, then you can say I told you so. So you've got two <laughs> options, really. Um, now, race winner, Nigel, since we uh, stole two options from you, you can go first. I'm going to go with Verstappen for the pole and the win. Fastest lap? Uh, no, because someone in fifth will pit at the end of <laughs> yeah. the stupid one point fastest yeah. lap thing, which everyone forgets. Hmm. Freddie? <laughs> Hamilton. Ooh, boring. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I just think he's he's the, the cleanest, smoothest. He's only driver. won once in Austria. Mm. Yeah, that's a good but point. Be twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, do, I hope people are watching on YouTube just to see Freddie's facial expression <laughs> uh, <laughs> for that. Um, I... I'll, I'll go with Verstappen as well because I've got no qualms about picking um, picking the same as someone else. But you know we've not we've not <laughs> mentioned Ferrari too much. They Vettel has no real pressure on him. I don't think going into this weekend, so he could be a dark horse for it um, on the podium. I think he'll be on the podium, and I'll go Alexander Albon for the yeah. uh, for the two podium spots. Anyone going to um, differ from that? I mean, I imagine someone will. It's a bit left field. I'm already differing from it, the fact that I've already said Hamilton. So I think I'll go Hamilton, Verstappen, Alvin. I yep. think it'll be Verstappen with a great battle with Hamilton, Hamilton will come second, and then Bottas third. I, I mean, if that happens, I'm excited to see it already. I'm excited to um, see all of these. Um, <laughs> and then finally, the best midfield runner. And yeah, who, which driver do you think will be kind of 
I don't know. Who knows if it will be better the rest or not? But um, you know, I I'll go Lando again. I think he did well last season. I don't see any reason to change. Freddie Lance Stroll. I like that a lot. He's got good Why? race pace. Interesting. I, well, he always qualifies badly. He qualifies badly. If he's got if he's got that under control a little bit, then hopefully he'll qualify I don't know, 12th rather than 17th. And then we'll be able to get a lightning start because <laughs> that's his trademark. I mean, it's shaping up. If it goes like you said, or Nigel said, it'll be a very exciting Grand Prix. Nigel, <laughs> who's your pick? I'm going to say Ricardo, and I think one of whoever it does top the midfield, I'm going to say Ricardo will beat one of the Ferraris on base. <laughs> I'm going to put my cards on the table and say this will be the best race of the year. <laughs> First of many uh, amazing I'll, races, hopefully. I'll second that. <laughs> um, if we move on now, we, we're all doing F1 Fantasy this year, so. We'll um, we'll check back in after each round to see how we did, who's done terribly, who's not done terribly. Um, maybe some people will even do well. Um, <laughs> but, but we'll keep conservative for now. Um, so, does anyone want to talk through their team first? If not, I'm happy to. I can go. Go for it. I have the, the inaugural season of Formula One, which is... An amazing team. Um, okay, so drivers. We've got the most popular fantasy driver of all time, Perez. And Hamilton is also in there, as well as Verstappen. So there goes the money. Um, Science Are you and copying jo- mine? No, I'm not. You're copying mine. <laughs> <laughs> so Perez, Hamilton, Verstappen. We've got the smooth operator, Carlos Sainz. And the making up the budget, Antonio Giovinazzi. <laughs> Of the team, we've got Racing Point in there. So it's it's a safe bet to put Hamilton and Verstappen and Perez and Sainz all on the same team. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be good here. I just want people who are going to beat their teammates, perhaps, and get mm. good points. Although you put Perez in despite backing Stroll to be the midfield. Front runner, uh, so I can, have, I can have a lot of fun if I want yeah. to. With my, I mean, I, the other thing is, I don't know about you, but I've not touched this since before the Australian Grand Prix, so um, <laughs> so, so there is there is that. Um, Nigel, what's yours looking like? Well, I've covered both bases at racing points, so I've got Perez and Stroll, then I've also got Hamilton and Verstappen, just like Freddie, and then I've got racing point as my team as well, just like Freddie. But then I've got Daniel Ricciardo as my fifth driver on the list. That's my team. Thinking about it, if you have if you have um two teammates, aren't they just going to take points away from each other? Well, but you're guaranteed to get a teammate battle win each race. And a teammate battle loss. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, mine is Hamilton Perez Verstappen to um, lead off We've all got the same Um, Although, I think, to be honest, this race, it might, looking back now, it might have been worth taking Hamilton out and putting Albon in, you know, depending on how Mercedes done. But, um, but, you know, I've I've 
kept that because as i said i've not looked at it for about three months um then there's my other two drivers are norris who i put as the turbo driver who i can't actually remember what that feature is but i'm sure we'll get to that at some stage double um, points so I'll put him, double points i'll put him but i think you can only have it outside the top three or it's below a certain value or something like that and i can't remember off the top of my head i think you weren't able to put science in I don't even driver. know how this works to be honest I think based I, I, on the budget of the driver the turbo driver yeah. I think is a driver under 50 million or 10 million yeah. and I think right. science is just a touch too mm. expensive because he was like the peak turbo yeah. driver last year so I've I got think, Perrin in my, my TD that's why I put Norris in and I also got Gasly we've not really touched on Alpha Tauri um, this episode I sang their praises last season they didn't do that well at Austria last season either but you know, I think they could be a real dark horse. They did, they they did quietly well in testing, and I think Gasly is fast in the Alpha Tori, so I think that could be a bit of a, a winning pick there. Um, and I've got Racing Point as my team. Um, obviously, after round one, then we'll look at this, and they'll have all been blown apart completely. Um, but that's that's how we're looking for now, and we'll check back in next week to see how we all did. Um, We've got about 10 minutes left, so we did just want to have a quick look at F2. We've got a quiz coming up, so we don't want to spend ages on it. But um, F2 will also start this season at Austria. Um, obviously, last season, Latifi was the only driver to get promoted um, from that series. De Vries went to F Formula E. Um, but I think there could be more drivers coming through next season. Um, but yeah, what what are your guys' thoughts on how you think it will go? So I don't agree. I think it'll be similar to this year, where just one or t- one driver possibly moves up from F two to F one. Uh, I'm only st- the only reason I'm saying that is because I, there's no one apart from Schwartzman. There's no one who stands out to me as they're gonna you know light up F one. Uh, you might Schumacher, you know, he's a big name, but he hasn't. Shown enough for me yet to get into a one. The Renault seat got Guan Guan Yu Zhu. Uh, again, he could get into F1, but I think it's just going to be a tight season in F2, an exciting one. But whether someone can dominate and show enough potential to get into F1, that that's the big question for me, and I, I don't see that happening. Yeah, yeah. I think Formula uh, Two is a weird one because every now and again you get a, you get a kind of sort of mediocre season then you get a purple patch where you have have great drivers coming through like you get Leclerc straight followed by Russell and Norris and Albon all coming through at once um, but last year did seem to have quite an, an again a mediocre lineup and whether I think this year is sort of a development on that and it's whether a driver like Delatraz or Aitken who's been there a couple of years now can come through and do what they need to do which is dominate and pick up the ears of some Formula 1 teams to say look at me here I am like similar to what Palmer did and people in the past have done so I think that's one side of it but I think the only like real driver drivers who I think will do well are Aitken I think Schwartzman and and Guan Yu as well I think I'd tip Aitken probably just because his season last year was such an improvement on the season before, even with even dropping from ART to Campos. He's with Campos mm. again. So I think 
I think we've got a good a good chance for Aitken here. Yeah, I think I, I on F1 Series dot com we did a piece looking at the um, F1 F two season and um, who different writers are backing for that. I actually backed Matsushita, which is a bit of a left field choice. Um, but I don't know. I just kind wow. of like like the look of him. He came on strong last season. He kind of had a bit of an awful ride to start with, but then from Austria, he won the feature race in Austria and did a lot better after that. And he's been in a couple of years now. You know, I just think there could be something there. Um, but I also think Jack Aitken, it, it's now or never for him to step up. So I think, I think he could well be in the Williams seat next year. And if not, Dan Tickson will be from, who's also Ooh. in F2, but I've not got as much. I've just gone for, for the British drivers, haven't you? Um, yeah, yeah, and Callum Eyelight, no. Uh, yeah, Robert, Robert Schwartzman, as you said, he looks brilliant. I guess the question will be, can he, um, you know, will, will he go for a Schumacher first year and not kind, you know, kind of dampen expectations or, um, you know, will he, will he fly again? And I think he can. I think the Ferrari, there's three Ferrari Driver Academy drivers in Eyelight, Schumacher and Schwartzman. And I think that could well be a shootout for an Alfa Romeo seat next year. So I think that's very interesting to keep an eye on. Um, I think we'll look more at this once the first race has happened or first race weekend has happened. Um, but now it is time to do a quiz. And Nigel, I believe you have got one ready for us with about five minutes to go. Yes, it's Freddie versus Adam this week. Who's going to come out on top? Not first ever save you the, quiz. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll say the uh, drama is going to be Freddie. But... All right. Don't, uh, don't we don't have much chickens. time, so just shout your name out if you know the answer. If you get it wrong, then you're frozen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> right, so the first question is How many laps are there at the Austrian Grand Prix? Freddie? 70. Oh, I forgot Freddie. to say the buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I thought Freddie. 68, but. Adam? Okay. Adam, well, it's 71, so Adam gets the point for that one. I I, I need to work on my buzzer work. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the next question is, the Austrian track is called the Red Bull Ring, or previously known as the A1 Ring. What are the names of either of the two tracks that have hosted the Austrian Grand Prix? Adam. Spielberg ring? Nope. I was trying to be cheeky and go for the other Austria, the other Red Bull. Ready? Ready. Um, Osterreich ring is, I think, what Adam was yes. going for. Oh, that is. Um, and I want to say something like Zeltweg Airport or something. Yeah, Zeltweg Airfield oh, wow. using the 60s. Yeah. Wow. That's good knowledge. Good. Hey, question three How many laps did Max Verstappen lead to win the Austrian Grand Prix last year? Adam. One. One. That's not right. Freddy? Three. The movie's on lap 68. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's right. Wow. This is amazing memory. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the race the other day. All oh, right. Okay. <laughs> it was on one of the yeah. F1 rewinds. The fourth question is whoever gets closest to this, to this gets the point. What was the yeah. pole lap time set by Charles Leclerc last year? Freddie. 
103.7. Adam? I think Adam is frozen. Is he frozen on the off screen? Yeah, he's frozen in a great position for me. Um, yeah, same here. Now, this is a bit of a problem. It's the worst time. Yeah, he's all back. back now. Yeah. Did you hear the question? No. All right. What was the poll lap time set by Charles Leclerc last year at the Austrian Grand Prix? I said 103.7. Um, oh, um, I'm tempted to just go like 103.8, but I won't. Okay. <laughs> mm. um, I'll go 104 dead, but that's just a shot in the dark. I've got no idea. 103 dead. So Freddy's oh, that's closer. fast. Well, technically, I got the decimal point right. I just didn't get the same. Question five. In what year did Rubens Barry Kello controversially let Michael Schumacher through to win the race? Freddie. Adam. I think Freddie was fastest. Um, I think it's a trick question, wasn't it? Twice. Was it... um... Okay, when was it the first time? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is it 01? 01, Adam? No, that's not. 2002? Yeah, 2002. Hey. I think it happened in 2003 as well, but I'm not sure. Yeah, that's right. He, he returned the favour, didn't he? Okay. Uh, next one. How many... Oh, no, sorry. How many times has a safety car appeared at the Austrian Grand Prix? That's a good one. Are we talking Freddy. any Austrian Grand Prix? Yeah, ever. I'm going to say yeah. three. Three. Uh, Adam, I was thinking five. It's seven, so Adam's closer. Uh, next question is, who was the last Austrian F1 driver? Or last Austrian to be Adam. Adam. Yep. Clean? Yeah, Christian Clean yeah. in 2010. Hrt, yeah, three more what a team. <laughs> How many Austrian F1 drivers have there been? Freddie, fourteen. Fourteen. Adam. Oh, Adam, I was going to go like five. <laughs> There's been sixteen. Ah, oh. so there were only fourteen in the races article ranking them. Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what year was the first Austrian Grand Prix? Adam. Yeah. 1963. Yes, 1963. Really? <laughs> yeah, how did you guess that? I think you'd mentioned that Seltwing was in the 60s, but I just thought oh, I'd yeah. go, go yeah. for one. Um, and the final question is, can you name one of the sponsors who will sponsor either this weekend's race or next weekend's race in Austria. Freddie. Yeah. I time? No, they sponsored it in 2018. Adam. Ah. Adam. Rolex? I don't really yeah, know. Rolex. But... Yeah, Rolex oh, is this weekend enough. and Pirelli next weekend. That's so right. That's interesting. Okay, so after 10 questions, incredibly, for the first ever Winging It quiz, it was 5-5. That means <laughs> we're going to need a tiebreaker. So luckily I have come up with a tiebreaker question. Oh, man. Uh, and the question is, shout your name out if you know it, which 
two constructors have the most wins at the Austrian Grand Prix? Adam. Yep. Mercedes. Which two? So Mercedes and Ferrari. That's not right. Ready? <clears throat> uh, Lotus and Williams. Oh, that's not right. In fact, well, yeah. Adam got one of the teams. Um, it was it was Ferrari and McLaren. Oh, so, yeah, I should have gone for that. So, I don't, does that mean Adam wins or do I yeah. need to get another one? Yeah. Adam, so yeah. Adam, Adam gets ready for the first quiz then. Next week we will have a um, a tiebreaker ready, yeah. <laughs> um, and we'll we'll also keep score over that, and it will be interesting to see how this plays out. I'm surprised that I've won that, and I guess beginners luck. Um, but yeah, hard questions. Um, but yeah, thank yeah. you. What are they going to be for the Styrian Grand Prix? Yeah. <laughs> how many laps is that? No one knows. <laughs> Well, it's going to be interesting for the Vietnam Grand Prix, um, trying to yeah, of 2021. figure out. Yeah, 2021 for trying to figure out questions for that. But that's a long way in the future. Um, for now, Freddie, where can people find us on the internet? Well, of course, we can be found on YouTube at the Wing It F1 podcast YouTube channel. How exciting. Um, unless you're watching on YouTube, in which case you knew that. Um, we can also be found on our hog, on our podcast host website, which is Acast, and we're also on Spotify. And we're working on other providers at the moment. iTunes is just trying to validate us, so that's good. So yeah, um, if you go to my Twitter, which is Fredcoats1999, I've got the links for the first podcast on there, and I'll be putting them up for the second podcast as well. So yeah, that's where we can be found. Yeah, and um, you know, it's been. A pleasure again recording it and I'm looking forward to next week and looking forward to racing being back on as well. Yes. Um, you can find me on Twitter at, at AdamDickinson01 um, and yeah, I'll be tweeting out stuff about the podcast but only after Freddie's tweeted it so I know what's <laughs> happening. Um, but also covering the race weekend, looking at F2 and F3 and F1. Nigel? Yes. What? Uh... Plug yeah, yourself, go. Yeah, plug yourself. For racing to come back, uh, my Twitter's at Nigel C. Journal. I'm just going to say, don't forget to watch the IndyCar as well if you're looking for more yes. motorsport that is this weekend, as well as everything else. Uh, yeah, it's just great to have racing back. <laughs> Where is the IndyCar? Ohio? Indianapolis. Indianapolis? Yeah. Oh, right, road yeah. course. Yeah, so they're going nice. to go to the road course two or three times this year, I believe, as well okay. as the Oval, obviously. Yeah, it's the first of three or four races in July for IndyCar, so watch out for that. Right, and yeah, I hope everyone enjoys the race this weekend. Thank you very much for listening and look out for us next week as we react to Austria 1 and look forward to Austria 2. Thank you and bye for now.